how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. To infinity and beyond! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? It's classified. You talking to me? I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I can't lie! Expecto Patronum! Entertainment X. You never know what you're going to get. For this episode, I sit down and chat with Kennedy Coggle. She's currently on tour with Beautiful the Musical playing Carol King. We talk about that production along with Wicked and many, many other productions she's been a part of and lessons she has learned along the way. Along with a lot of self-help, she was very, very kind in offering up a lot of her ways of being through thought and the, the way she goes through life and the thoughts she has uh, regarding many different situations. I think this is a very educational episode, and I hope you enjoy it. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on the phone is Kennedy Coggle. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. I thought I you did. Actually, you got it right. Most people don't. What do they say? Uh, I get a myriad of things. Coffle, Kahul. Okay. Cahill, Keghill. <laughs> I get, yeah, I get that with my last name too. How, Howie, Howell. There's no L. They add an L. But anyway, <laughs> here we are. Um, you're currently on tour with Beautiful the Musical, playing Carol King, and you're yes, in. I am. You're in Tennessee. I'm in California. This is fun. We're doing multiple know, time right? zones here. How's the show going? How's tour? You, this isn't your uh -huh. first rodeo, is it? This is definitely not my first rodeo, but it's going great. Um, we've had some really good crowds, and most people who come love Carol King's music, and so it's really nice to uh, it's really nice to play for people who are already fans. But it's also really fun to play for people who aren't who know nothing, and so that the reveals are, you know, the responses are quite quite comical. <laughs> is this yes right? Is this your first time with the musical, with Beautiful? <laughs> Uh, no, I actually, I understudied the role on Broadway before right. I played Betty, her best friend, and I went on a few times, um, and then I took over for the tour. That's amazing. It's amazing. So let's go back to the beginning of time for Kennedy. Um, sure. To Oklahoma. When dinosaurs <laughs> roamed the earth. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I feel like I read that you were, you're a black belt. In, I am. In um, Tang Sudo. That's, and uh, do you keep up with that at all? Or was that something from I, your childhood? Honestly, I do keep up with it um, on my own, but I don't. I don't train at a dojang um, okay. in New York, so I kind of train. I keep up the knowledge myself, and I, I train physically, but I don't train with a teacher. If that makes sense. What was what was that passion as a kid? Was that from your parents, or did you think you had that thought that you wanted to do that? You know, I've always kind of been a rough and tumble kind of kid. Uh, I grew up on a farm you know, um, playing in the dirt, loving outdoors and outside. And um, I actually, there are two reasons. One, I've always loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, okay. And I love the Jim Henson movies. I love the old cartoons. Um, so that was, that was my like childhood inspiration. And without going too much into it, I had, I had an incident in my life, probably around 13, 14, where, uh, it was a scary incident and I felt helpless. And I remember saying to myself, if I get out of this, I'm never going to feel helpless again. And I, and so then I went to my parents and I said, I really, really want to take self-defense classes. Yeah. And so there were two sides of that coin, a very serious reason, but also a really fun childhood reason um, that, you know, made me stick with it. And and now I now I don't feel hopeless. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's incredible about growing with growing up on the farm. What what did you what, what did you learn about work ethic? Oh, man. Well, first, you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Um, my parents were always really great about um about teaching me that it's good to work for what you want um and actually i i prefer it that way it's more fun that way it's not fun when things are just either handed to you you know easily um but you always don't be afraid to get your hands dirty um and sometimes sometimes it gets frustrating and sometimes it gets hard and you want to quit but the payoff is you know, reaching your goal. And so 
you know, especially, especially things like mucking out horse stalls, you know, you have to do that every day and cleaning, cleaning poop isn't always, (laughs) you know, something that you're like, yes, I can't wait to do this, (laughs) you know, but I mean, if you want to ride your horse and you want your horse to be healthy and well, you have to continue doing the hard poop, if you will. (laughs) Yes, no, I will. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also the fact of the matter is like, hard work is not always easy you, especially especially physically i feel like it really made me resilient uh physically <laughs> yeah well yeah being I mean, outside and working with my hands did that what was the what at what age did theater and performing come to mind in, you know it was funny cuz relatively young because my sister is also in the business my older sister caitlin coggle um she is amazing and she wanted to do this first i remember oh, um okay. and i wanted to do whatever she wanted to do and so i think i was about six or seven i think i was about six or seven when uh when they did annie uh our community theater did annie and and i auditioned and i didn't get annie to my heartbreak um oh, <laughs> because okay. i was the smallest youngest one who auditioned so i got molly <laughs> which is great you know and and i've always been that type to go after what i want and i'm like man i really want to play annie someday yeah and I, my mom saw that in me um but my sister wanted to audition first so she so she wanted to audition so i wanted to audition and going in fast forwarding a little bit so we my mom loves broadway and we went to we went to a trip we went on a trip to new york when i was seven and I ended up seeing Annie on Broadway there. And I don't remember this, but my mom says that this was the moment. Uh, she said the curtain came down and, on Act One. And I turned to my mother and I said, I want to do that. I can do that. I want to do that. <laughs> and I, I just had that blind like confidence of, oh, I can do that. Come on, let's go. You know. <laughs> and I apparently never looked back. Um, I don't remember saying that, but that's my mom swears that that's what that's what happened and why not i saw myself you know yeah yeah what so um, sorry yeah. was there more no I, I was just thinking you can probably edit this out i no i think that's it <laughs> <laughs> what was the um so were you actively looking up this the college situation or was this like a very you know how how serious were you about it you know by the time you got to the auditioning for colleges you know you know, you could never pay me to do that process again. Hello. Especially so, nowadays. Oh, yeah. It's so hard for kids these days. It's like it is. The competitiveness is intense. But I will say that I, I did, you know, the, the story goes, I never looked back. And I, and truly I didn't. But there was also a point in time when I was 13 and I was like, maybe I want to be a veterinarian because I really like working with the animals on the farm. Um, and then I ended up seeing Wicked with my mom. And then I was like, no, 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 I want to perform. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So from probably about 15 years on, I was solidly set that I was like, all right, I want to perform on Broadway. I want to be in musicals. I want to be able to do all this. What do I need to do? And luckily I had been taking dance um, and private voice. I was very fortunate. My mom, my mom saw something and was, and she said, you know, if you want to do it, you got to do it. But the thing is, if you do this, you have to commit to it until you graduate high school that she did that with piano voice and dance so if we started something that's the thing my parents were really big about they're like if you start something you have to finish it and so it didn't matter when i started something i had to continue on until i graduated high school um so i was doing all these things these extracurriculars and then all of a sudden i'm like wow there are so many options to go to school for this um and I will say my mom, my mom and I had no idea what we were doing, obviously, but luckily my sister had gone through the process before because she was going to NYU um, at that point. So we kind of narrowed, we saw when you, this is, this is what I would say to kids who are, who are looking for colleges. When you're looking for colleges, look at the program, see who your teachers are. Do your acting teachers also teach acting majors? Are you studying voice with the voice teachers of the voice majors? Um, You know, what is required? Like what classes are required for graduation? You know, and really, 
because I know that I really wanted to learn everything. I didn't want to be particularly strong in one area and weak in another. I needed to know that the education I was getting was a well-rounded one, right? Yes. So yes. I ended up, I ended up saying yes to Elon because they they had because I definitely wanted um, a conservatory style training, but I wanted to. I love science and I wanted to be able to take class about the world and. And the truth is, we're actors, and if you don't know anything about the world, how can you portray it? <laughs> Isn't that you know? the truth? It's, you know, it's, but also, nowadays, we live in, we live in this wonderful, amazing, beautiful, crazy <laughs> business that you also have to sing, dance, act, play an instrument, maybe multiple instruments, and do circus tricks if you got them. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so it's a lot. So I will say that. I, I really narrowed it down because I knew I didn't want a cut program because I am not going through this craziness of auditioning only to get cut two years in. Right. Um, so things like that, you got to figure out what speaks to you. And then my mom and I went, we narrowed it down to our top five and we went and we visited um, those schools. And that was really cool because I got to kind of, I was able to eliminate or say, heck yes, I want to audition here based on the field, based on the vibe, based on the students, how do they treat each other, you know, and I will say I won't, the schools that got cut will remain nameless, but some schools got cut because the students were horrible to each other in class. Oh, And, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in this environment. And so I didn't audition at those schools. Um, so you got to find what works for you. I would yeah. say, you know what? You're bringing up a really interesting point about the, you know, people being unkind. Uh, we're not going to focus on it, but I'm curious how you mm -hmm. maintained sense of self when constantly um, put, put up with, or you know, put around other people who may behave different than you do or cause yeah. you know, it's a funny thing with these tour casts. Like I'm in a, yeah. I'm on a tour right now too. And it's got this, you know, the, uh, for the most part, these are people that I would never hang out with. But now you're, right. you know, you're hanging out with them because this is your family. <laughs> Absolutely. So make nice. But also maintaining your sense of self. You, you seem like such a nice human being. And oh, that can be, and, and, but insecurities That's run rampant. That's because you haven't seen me when I'm right. angry. <laughs> <laughs> and, but insecurities run rampant. And I'm just so interested, you know, in the world, just you come up against them daily. Anyone does. And I'm just curious, how do you maintain sense of self and positivity through all of it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot in this business. You got to be careful because there is a lot of insecurity and there's plenty of insecurity to go around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and also, you know, being able to spot that. Honestly, it, it's a long road. And uh, I wonder, I feel like I feel like there's so much to unpack in yeah. this answer. Um, but, you know, everyone has self-doubts and everyone has insecurities. And once you really learn that and believe that, you're able to see from the other's point of view much easier. Because right. truthfully, I mean, Brene Brown talks a lot about this, about how we assume a lot based on our own personal circumstances, based on what we assume to be the truth. Um, so yeah. communication is key, especially, especially when especially when you are with difficult personalities of people who, who maybe don't understand how to treat somebody in a kind professional manner, right. you know? Um, but also the biggest thing I learned is man, 99% of the time, it really ain't about you. It's about whoever that is and their perceiving and their own personal insecurities. And if you know that, then you can have a lot of grace and be able to let things go because that's, you know, this, this life is too short and this world is too small to be unkind. Um, yeah. you know, especially on the road, especially cause when you're on tour, there's, there's a bubble where <laughs> I call it the tour bubble and it makes little things seem like the end of the world, <laughs> but they actually don't matter once you leave tour about like, not even like two weeks out. You're like, Oh yeah, that was silly. Right. Um, but because we're on tour and we're in this bubble and we're with this family and the only thing we know is the show, um, you know, things tend to grow emotionally way out of proportion. So that's I if if I keep that in mind, that helps me keep a level head. You know what helps me keep a level head on the road is um, doing activities like I like I love exploring when I have time 
And when I don't have time to explore working out, meditating, doing things for your physical and mental well-being and your emotional well-being are all great things. I love writing letters. I love writing postcards to my friends and loved ones that can't be on the road with me. Um, Making phone calls to people who I know love and care about me. That, you know, all of those things help remind me where I come from and who I am. Um, Even when things get, even when, you know, you get tired, you get run down, um, or maybe you get you know, too self-centered focused, which is easy to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. This business, which, you know, I think that's a lot of where insecurity stems from is too much thinking about the big I, you know? Um, and it's, and it's always important to remind myself, I'm like, you know, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for that one person who came, who needs to hear this story. Um, and that always puts it into perspective for me because whenever you're performing, you could be somebody's first musical theater experience. You could also be somebody's last musical theater experience. So, you know, you know, that puts it into perspective of gratitude of being able to do this for a living is pretty cool. Yes, it is. No, it is pretty cool. And I, um, I appreciate you sharing so much of this because I think it's, we, we often see what's on the surface or, aka Instagram. So it's it's fascinating to really break this down. I really appreciate and I know other people are appreciating hearing all of this um, you know, yeah. work and thought because it's conscious conscious. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what the biggest thing is? I wish that more actors knew that there is room. And yeah. in fact I wish everyone knew that there is room. There's room for everything. There's room for all. There's room for other Carols. Like I'm playing Carol right now but I love to let my understudies go on because there's room. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for their artistry, for what they bring to a role, you know, that's, that's the thing is I feel like it's really easy to take yourself too seriously or take, you know, start getting into that mindset, which is, you know, I think unhealthy. I think, I think there's room for everyone in this business. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and, that kind of mentality really, you know, I think it's going to, I think there's more people who believe that now than used to. Um, and I feel very strongly about it, you know, wherever I am in whatever cast I'm in, I want people to know that there is room for you. There's room for me. There's room for you. There's room for all. There's no lack of opportunity, truly, Amen. as far as artistry goes. And I think that a lot of insecurity stems from the incorrect belief that there is lack but there isn't there really isn't there is room for everyone and that's and if that's if that's one thing that i could say about insecurity i think i think the knowledge of the truth that there's room for everyone would do away with that and do away with a lot of negative emotional because we as artists should support each other not tear each other down Mm. you know yes yes um Going back a little bit to meditation, what, mm-hmm. what is your, is it morning, evening, sitting on the floor in a chair, 45 minutes, 10 minutes, <laughs> loving kindness, mindfulness? Um, honestly, honestly, it's whenever I feel like I, I want to scream. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> honestly, that happens because, to be the same for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, come on. Because here's the deal. We're not perfect. Um, right. Right. <laughs> you know, and things get frustrating and things get hard. So I, I don't meditate as often as often as I should but I love the app headspace and and I love I love meditating I don't I don't do it every day I probably should but I can do probably about 10 minutes um before my mind starts wandering because my mind is constantly on the go that's just how I am but it's nice to center myself either before I start putting on my makeup or um, maybe in my hotel room if I'm feeling overwhelmed. Meditation really is great for putting things into perspective. Yeah, it is. It really is. With, when did you come up with um, meditation? When did that? When did that become an idea for you to start it? That really didn't come into play until maybe about seven months ago. Okay. And I and I'm <laughs> I'm that kid who loves puffy Cheetos, and I used to use. Um, I used to use food as kind of like a medicine for my emotional needs. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, what else can I do? Because I know that 
pounding back a bag of puffy Cheetos isn't good every time, every time I, <laughs> every time I'm feeling stressed or every time I'm feeling sad or every time I'm feeling frustrated. Right. So my friend, my friend's like, you know, you should try meditation. And I tried it. And there is something really, really centering about just focusing on your breath. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I oh, think, yeah. uh, yeah, I think meditation's about, um, where you're holding tension in your body and also gratitude, gratitude meditations probably work the best for me. Yeah. It's kind of funny how easy it is. The life experience can be very easy and we make it very difficult. And it, yes. it's, it's very, it, you're, you know, it's it, to say like, just be, just be is like, great. What the hell do you mean by that? But when you actually sit down and just breathe, and you don't, you're not happy, you're not sad, you're not excited, you're not angry, you're just yeah. alive. And right. it's like, <laughs> whoa, I encourage everyone to do it. I mean, yeah. it's like it, it, the thought for, for some and for me when I first started was, how the hell can I not think about something for 10 minutes? <laughs> right. Anything, you know, there's always something to think about. And it's like, well, yeah. no, really, no, actually, you can sit down, not yeah. think for a while. Just the simple thing of mindfulness, and yeah. I would even I would even venture to say not even just not even just forcing yourself to think of nothing, but being okay with where you're at. Yes, that's a huge thing. Is like being okay with these perceived negative emotions, you know, that we all go through. Yeah, um, you know, it's like I'm mad. All right, you're mad, and and allowing yourself to feel that way, you know, is not is actually a very healthy thing. And thinking about, you know, why you feel that way and and what caused it and putting things into perspective of, okay, does it require this much anger, you know? <laughs> and also, it's, it's just a great, great tool for just letting yourself feel how you feel. Because I think so much, at least I know for me, uh, being a Midwestern Southern girl, a lot of it is like be nice, you, you know, be sweet, be, you know, smile, don't, yeah. don't cry, you know, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't and cry. that's actually, yeah, and that's actually not good. That's actually not good for us as humans. Yeah, it's not. Which is, I think, why I loved acting so much is you could just be. Yeah. Speaking about acting, because this is an entertainment show, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about theater a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah. What has playing Carol King taught you about yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, well, that's a loaded, let me tell you, there's a, <laughs> where to begin, Which, where to begin. Um, well, first off, the first thing I learned is when I was understudying is how much she achieved by 16 and 17 that I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> when I was 16 and 17, I was just trying to drive my cart. <laughs> right. right, right. Um, you know, and she had already written multiple songs, gotten married, had a kid. My gosh. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but Carol King is also brilliant. She's brilliant. So I think the first thing I felt was in inadequate to portray this woman who had achieved so many things at such a young age. Um, but then it really, it really stretched me um, in my acting ability because I would be the I'm the first person to say before I understudy this role. You know, I'd always been. I, what I feel like hired for my voice, um, hired for singing, um, because I love singing and it's, and it's one of my greatest passions in this business. Um, but Carol King is not what you would call, she doesn't sing like Elphaba. She doesn't sing traditional musical theater. And most of the book, it's actually, if you watch it, it's like a straight play with music in it. So for the first time, I felt uncomfortable because I couldn't hide behind my voice. And I had to just be me and come at the text from a, from a truthful place, you know, um, that honored where Carol was coming from and what she lived through. So that was terrifying to me. I got to say, I, when I tell you I said I feel, I feel inadequate to do this, I legitimately, like, there were so many nights where I was running the lines with my then fiance at the time going, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we all like, I was questioning myself. Um, but what pulled you through I that? Think, you know, um, you know, I think, I think her story, the fact that she was able to overcome so much stuff and Carol herself, 
she's actually she actually doesn't like the limelight and and even just reading the play but also reading her um her biography and stuff she we had a lot in common as far as we want everyone to be happy you know um we love getting lost in the music but when it comes to being out in front how do i how do i put this i was given courage by her story to to portray her story if that makes sense sure sure everything that she was able to overcome i was like you know what if she can do that so can i so can i why not why not me and so i was terrified the first time i went on uh it was without a full put in i did have a tiny put in but i i had never run everything with the actors and the automation in sequence i had never run it with lights except for, you know, being the other track in the show every night. It was terrifying, but there was a moment of peace when I sat down at the piano and I said, all right, here we go. It's just, it is what it is, and here we go. Um, and it came out, and it felt great. Um, and I'm just lucky that, I'm lucky that this particular role fits like a glove, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So doing that instilled confidence in me to be able to lead. Uh, a show from from a acting and storytelling standpoint, not just the singing and musical part of it, um, which I love. I love. I love it. It it really showed me that I love telling a story. You know, and I think I always did love telling stories, but I didn't realize how much. Yeah. That so much so that I I mean Kennedy who just graduated would have never said this but Kennedy now says I want to play straight plays I want to be in straight plays I want to do I want to do a TV film without any music you know it's it right. really grew me as an artist and pushed my boundaries beyond what I thought I was capable of and uh, I'm I'm so thankful for that but also the question was what did I what else did I learn about myself from Carol King yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I think, you know, she really does a good job of staying kind even when it's hard. And I think that's that is what drew me to her um, and her story is the fact that she goes through a lot of adversity without giving away the plot. You know, she goes through a lot of adversity and she comes out on top, but not not in the way you'd think she comes out in forgiveness and vulnerability and the power of being kind um even when it's hard and i think that that affected me it it changed me i think yeah like something it took something that i already knew and gave me an example to follow and i said yep this is it that's beautiful that's i mean it's <laughs> it sounds funny when i say it but it, that's beautiful um oh. how how long are you with the tour as of right now well, currently we are contracted through June. Um, Great. Currently, but anything could happen. That's the craziness of this business: is things it could change it? tomorrow. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm I'm doing the full the full year five currently, and um, excited to do it. How yeah, how wonderful! I thank you, thank you for sharing that. It's really, um, it's just it's very edu it's very educational. So I appreciate um, now you being you being the lead in the show and leading the show, whether or not it's said out loud, you're also a, a vision of leadership backstage. And right. I'm sure of morale overall, because you are the lead. And that's just kind of something that comes with the territory. Is that conscious for you? Do you do you believe that? Do you absolutely? That? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, this isn't my first time at the rodeo. And I've right. worked with many different people and the one thing i have observed from all of my contracts is there is a trickle down effect from the leadership so people do tend to take their cue off of the lead so you know if the lead is is negative and complaining and you know going behind people's backs then that has that does have a negative effect on company morale and a trickle down effect but if the lead is open available kind you know loving then that also has a trickle down effect. So I'm, I'm very much aware, especially um, because of our schedule is a little difficult because we're doing a lot of one nighters and split weeks, which means that it's really difficult to get good rest. And, 
you know, people's worst sides tend to come out when they're either hungry or tired. And so I'm (laughs) very, I'm very, very cognizant of the fact that people look to me for their cues, even, even if they don't realize they are. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for everything that I have experienced up to this point looking towards leadership because I have, I have seen good leadership and I've seen bad leadership. Um, and so I do feel partially responsible, um, in that way, you know, I'm not trying to borrow trouble, but I do feel, you know, responsible to be the best that I can be and be as positive as I can, because, you know, in the end, I'm in the end, we should all be super grateful because we're doing, we're doing our dream, we, you know? Yeah. Yes. We are getting to, we are playing dr- we are playing dress up and we are telling stories for a living. And how cool is that? <laughs> it's kind of freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, going back to your, you know, what you've witnessed of other performers, you know, top performers you've worked with, ways of oh, being, yeah. work ethic. Are there anything you want to speak on that you've witnessed from, you know, this, comp- this company you're with or other companies you've worked with? Is anything? Oh, yeah. I got to say, I mean, I think it's... Uh, talking about this company in particular, especially with Beautiful, I feel like all the carols that I've covered have been really gracious and kind. Um, I've ca- I've covered a lot too, uh, but Shalina Kennedy is who I uh, initially ended up learning from, and she is as gracious as they come. But as far as like mentorship, that I would say people who I people who I really aspire to be like, as far as both on stage and off, um, Laurel Harris. Um, I call her my alpha mama. Um, when I joined the tour of Wicked, she was the Alphaba, and she kind of took me under her wing because we're a lot alike in in our personalities. You know, we're just we're kind of positive oriented, and she and she is so kind, and she makes sure everybody is seen, and she makes sure that everyone knows that there's room for you. and And I remember having that experience and going, "Man, I want to be like you." When, when somebody trusts me enough with this big of a responsibility, I want to comport myself the way you do. And she is like, she's very well loved because she gives so much love. Uh, and, and she's also really grounded and doesn't take crap from anyone. Uh, I also, I also love that too. (laughs) Um, I, I really respect that when people are able to, you know, when people are able to um, say what they mean and mean what they say and say how they feel in a very straightforward manner, but but in a kind way. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot from her and she's she's just incredible. Her, my sister, Kara Lindsay is really great. She's also one of those where she's just so hilarious and positive. Um, yeah. Okay. I would say. Yeah. 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 Um, reading books. Uh, oh yeah <laughs> any come to mind favorites ones you love well i love honestly i'm a comic book nerd so i do love comic books i also love fantasy novels um i i do i love the harry potter series and hunger games but as far as like as far as yeah. books that really taught me how kind of gave me a new perspective on other people and how to communicate well Brene brown you can never go wrong yeah with Brene Brown's power of vulnerability and the rest of her books. It's, I would, I would definitely say get them now and read them now. And if you like audiobooks, she, she does her own audiobook, which is pretty great. Yeah. Those are, I've, I've checked out, I think I've checked out the first one. I haven't seen, I haven't read all of her books, but she's got, I mean, yes, yes, she's wonderful. And also, um, Byron Katie, I just read a book uh, by her uh, called Loving What Is. Excellent. Oh, Byron Katie. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting look at um, reality, and does it matter? <gasps> and is it true? Oh, the story I'm gonna have to yourself. put that down on my like bus on my bus list. Yeah, it's a workbook in a way. Okay. You know? So, but oh, it's, nice. Yeah, but Brene Brown, she's oh, she's so yes. Um, when you lose track or focus, how do you get back on track? What do you What do you do? Right. Or talk? Um. <laughs> right. Uh, actually, hilarious, because I was actually struggling with that last night. I was having a very weird show. And, you know, not every show is going to be perfect because we're human. And there's no such thing as perfection in live theater, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. The recovering so perfectionist in me is like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah. Hi, my name is Kennedy Coggle, and I am a recovering perfectionist for about... <laughs> I broke my streak yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, but I would say breathe. And also, um, are you talking about in context of shows? Yeah. Well, yeah, shows, yeah. life, maybe projects you work on the side, kind of all of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, what... I'll, so I'll do... I'll answer it in two parts so as far as show goes if if i if i'm struggling to concentrate um the biggest thing i can do to help myself in the moment on stage if i feel myself start to go inward and start um you know that little tiny voice it's like what are you doing you suck you suck what are you doing why are you here right, right. you know because because let me tell you everybody goes through it everybody big stars big tony award-winning stars have that little voice in their head to the person who is making smoothies and berries boot camp, which I did. Um, right. you know, everyone has that, everyone has that little voice in their head. So you got to tell that little voice to shut up, just tell it to shut up and put your focus on your scene partner or what is happening on stage at that very point in time. And that usually helps me as if I put my focus on the other person, then I'm immediately able to get back in the moment in the scene. Um, cause as you know, Carol never leaves the stage. She's kind of always on stage, always there, always on. So that helps me. Breathing is also good. Um, and whenever I feel like I lose focus or I lose track in like my personal life and my personal goals and like, whether that be life goals, whether that be, um, goals for the business, I love mind mapping. So Ooh, mind mapping. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's so much fun. I, I enjoy it. I'm not what you would call a type A super um, put together person. I don't do lists, but mind mapping is where you example. Hmm. Like if you, it's a way to, it's a way to map out how to get, how to achieve your goals. So um, you would put like, oh, theater in one bubble, and you would extend it out another bubble. You go, okay, auditions, and now this one is my website, and now this other bubble would say like my agents. Do I have an agent? What agents do I want? And then you would take time, and it's like a it's like a bubble map outward, and you can sure, sure. You can really it helps me just focus down onto the things that I can do today, and the things I can do by the end of the week and the things I can do by the end of the month, kind of like giving myself due dates. Um, but also none of that makes sense if you don't know what you truly want. So, you know, especially if you are, if you're struggling to feel motivated, if you feel lost, maybe that's, you know, that's usually a sign that you need to go within yourself and say, you know, what do I really want? What do I want to put into this world? What do I what do I want to do to be happy? What do I think will make me happy? What does happiness even look like? What does it feel like? Who's around me? You know, um, and usually that usually that means that there's a disconnect from you know the inner life to the outer. So um, you know, asking myself those hard questions of like, you know, where do I want to be? Where do I, where did I see myself? And where do I feel like I failed? And is it really failing? Is it really a failure? Or am I just telling myself that? You know, there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot to unpack, you know, if you're, if you're not where you want to be, and you're not feeling happy, you know? Yeah, there, it's an interesting thing, because we tend to ask the small questions. Mm -hmm. You know, why is this person doing this? Why do I feel this way about it? And it's like, but it's a little bit bigger than that. It's like, okay, but what am I actually feeling about myself? How am I projecting that onto someone else? You know, all of that. The um, the bubble, you, this flow chart, so to speak, that you create, essentially, just for my mind, you put yeah. the maximum, the top goal, I guess, in the center, and then it, it flows out from there. Yeah, you know, like you're over, like bubbles. you're... Yeah, like your big goal, like the theme and the sure. and the if you you could do it like a big theme and then go out from there, or you could even have like my goal is this and then you know your mind map can be whatever you want. You can have multiple mind maps, and actually, there's an app for that of course. Uh, that I love <laughs> called Simple Mind Plus. Simple Mind Plus. Yes, and I love it. I love it. I whenever I feel overwhelmed, I go to my Simple Mind Plus and I say. What do I want? How do I achieve that? Yeah. You know, and I, and I really, really just brainstorm. It's kind of like in school when they used to have you brainstorm mind mapping. Um, but there's, there's no wrong way to do it. 
because it gets your mind outside of being stuck. Yeah. I just love it. What um, in life, what's most important to you? Ooh, in life, what is most important to me in life? You know, I think um, as far as life goes, whatever I do, whoever I come into contact with, um, to try to love well and affect the world in a positive way. In your quietest moment, what are you most grateful for? In my quietest moment, I'm grateful for my family. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, and yeah. That's, that's not just like my blood family. That's my chosen family as well. The people who love me no matter what, the people who love me regardless of whether I sing a note or not. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. This is, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No. Anytime. It's been really. It's been. Man, you've gone deep. Yeah. We've, we've just like we've just like we're going into the ocean now. Come on. Why not? I think it's just like I could ask you about you know what's your favorite moment at the stage door, but like <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to know what drives <laughs> you. Right. Absolutely. So, and I know, and I know for a fact, everyone listening is going to really appreciate it because this this sort of conversation i wish happened more especially in educational settings and yeah uh, for sure oh yeah. for sure i mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast episode in itself talking about like the difference between what i learned in college and what i learned in the field well hey if you're willing to touch on it for a moment i would love to hear sure um uh well i mean you know if you want to talk about if you want to talk about um learning resilience, I will say that I definitely learned resilience at Elon um, because I, and let me preface this with saying I am so grateful for this. Uh, I didn't get cast in anything until my sophomore year. And I didn't, I didn't get a lead in a show until my senior year. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really cast a lot at Elon. Um, and that that caused me to question a lot about and look at myself and go, Hmm, man, what, what can I be working on? You know, but so it, it really, it really kept my head. Um, how do I say this? You might have to edit this because <laughs> sure. I'm rambling. It, it really, it, it kept me, it kept me, um, Oh, so sorry. I lost you there for a second. That's um, all good. I thought you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes, I, it really kept my mind focused on learning um, rather right. than achieving. So I was able to look at, I was able to look at myself and really analyze um, my skill set, you know, and say, oh, you know, what do I need to be working on in order to achieve being cast or whatever? And so, but it also, I will say that not being cast in shows gave me a lot of free time. So while my friends who are incredible and amazing and doing amazing things now, they were in shows. I was in the practice room working on my craft um, because how often do you get the time to devote to your craft to become a master at what you do? So I'm not saying that I'm a master by any means, but during school, during those school years, I had a lot of disappointments, but it fueled my desire to get better and to perform better and to practice and to work on my craft and just dive in. So anytime I felt disappointment or frustration or upset, I would go to the practice room and that would be my therapy because um, at least I was doing something about it. And I, I do believe that by the time I was a senior, that made that made going in for casting directors a whole lot easier because I knew myself and I knew what I had to offer and I and I had a very, very good idea of my instrument and what I had to give and what I had to bring to the table. Um, you know, as far as as far as skill set wise. So I'm really, really grateful because because being in shows is great, but 
I really needed that time, I think, to be in the practice room and to and to have that and to have that time to question and go, okay, so you didn't get cast, what now? And that also built resilience. The most important thing I learned from Elon is resilience and the ability to hear no and not let that stop me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's huge yes. because anyone going into this business or in the business, you will hear no hundred times to every yes. And you're doing well if you hear yes to every 10 times, you know, every yeah. 10 times you hear no, you hear yes, you're doing great. And a yes doesn't necessarily mean booking it. Uh, sometimes a yes can mean a callback. Sometimes a yes can mean getting called in from a different, from an audition for a different project. You know, it's auditioning is its own heady ball of wax. Um, and how much you actually have control over is huge, is huge. Um, but I will always say what I learned outside I think I, I really learned the skill of auditioning and I love teaching the skill of auditioning. Um, I learned from doing it rather than being in school and doing it because our audition process was not at all like what we learned, <laughs> what I, what I yeah. learned in New York, um, you know, and the fact of some people are good auditioners and are not good at their craft and some people are good at the craft and not good auditioners, but we have to be both. Yeah. Was there a particular um, moment for you, a particular audition that you like blew it on, you know, just really ruined it? Oh my gosh. Versus, Where to start? Uh, yeah. Versus, Honey. versus killing it. You know, like what was that realization? <laughs> honestly, <Honey>. honestly, <laughs> there have been several auditions. I will say the one that I, the one that really comes to mind is, is, um, uh, what was it called? It, it's the one about the subway. In transit. In transit. Oh my gosh. I blew that one. <laughs> Woof. But honestly, like I can say that because that's part of who I am and I did not honestly prepare well. And I take, I take full responsibility for that. Um, but yeah, I definitely blew that audition. Well, you want to hear of an audition that I thought I blew. Uh, yeah. It's actually, I went in for the original um, company of beautiful three people after Jesse Mueller actually. Um, and I was uh, 21, I think. Oh my gosh. I was like maybe 22, but I had, I had just flown in from tour and I remember reading the script and going, Oh my gosh, whoever gets this role is going to win the Tony. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Lizzie and Liz Larson who played, who ended up, she's the original genie. She remembers going in after me, like that kind of craziness. And I wow. was like, I was like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to play, I'm going to play, um, piano. And so I taught myself the audition song on the piano. <laughs> oh God. And I went in and I was doing fine. And then I got nervous and I flurbled a few, uh, notes. And so I just decided to cut my losses and I started vamping, uh, also know that they did not ask anybody to play piano in the room. So don't do anything extra if they don't ask for it. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's, that was a big, you know, but I was young and I really wanted to, you know, do it right and do it well. So I vamped and I turned back to the accompanist and I said, you want to take over for me? And in perfect time, he like slid in, I slid out and we finished, you know, everyone in the room laughed and they were like, good recovery. But, right. uh, it definitely was like, I did not get a call back and I understand. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do too much. But then, you know, several years later, here I am. Uh, so just because you hear no once doesn't mean no forever. It, sometimes it just means, no, not right now. It's not your time. Because I truly believe what's for you is for you and won't pass you by. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest thing I've learned is, is not booking something is not a failure not representing yourself well in the room that that might be a little bit but, right. but your job when you go into an audition room is to bring yourself fully and to bring your preparation fully without fear and say here you go this is how i would do it you know take it or leave it and then and then usually people want to work with that because they're like oh interesting what it what is this and they'll give you a you know and you'll work with them in the room but that's the biggest thing I learned is just because you hear no once doesn't mean no forever. Yes. You know, yes. being resilient against perceived rejection, which may not be rejection at all. They may already have that part cast and they loved you, but they don't have a spot for you right now. Like there's so much behind the table that you don't know. You know, it's so interesting. Yes, I completely agree. And I think it's so 
fascinating that everything is literally guiding you to where you're supposed to be. Right. It's all like you didn't, that happened to you your first audition because it needed to. So you could learn yes. all these other things to bring what you bring tonight to your show that you're right. not in. It's just so, even the, even in relationships, personal, it's like some of it, you know, you wouldn't have appreciated certain opportunities or people had they come into your life sooner. Yeah. I think so. It's yeah. Absolutely. In work, in life, you know, experience begets wisdom. Yes. Yes. Oh, these are such great stories, Kennedy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 you know, I really should talk to Jason Howland and see if he remembers. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, <laughs> I've been afraid to ask anybody from the original team, like him or Mark. I'm like, do you remember <laughs> that girl who tried to play the piano? I don't want yeah. them. Like part of me is like, I laugh about it now, but like, it's so embarrassing when I think about it. But also it's, you know, I am an awkward, funny human being. So you know, who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and of course they remember. They always remember. No. <laughs> they always remember. That's funny. No, that's funny. That's funny. Well, wow. Well, Kennedy, thank you for chatting with me. I really appreciate yeah. it. As we really wrap up here, uh, is there a word or a phrase that you'd put on a billboard for millions of people to see? Oh my gosh. Um, can I have a second to think about it? Take your time. A word or a phrase? Give me a phrase. Um, yeah, I would say you are enough, you are powerful, and you are love. I love that. And I can yeah. feel that. I can feel that radiating off of you. And I know people will learn mu so much about that from this conversation. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been really fun. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, amazing. Is there anything else you want to add before we, we uh, take off here? No, I, I think that's it. Other than just like enjoy yourself out on the road. Yes. It's, yes. A, it's a hard transient life we lead, but what a fun one. What a fun one. Well, thank you. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you. boys and girls, Kennedy Coggle. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.